This is Game Day Media. For all the latest in education and political news from around the state of Texas, visit my friends at TexasISD.com. The staff at TexasISD.com updates their site each morning with articles, commentary, and news from all over our state. If you have one site to bookmark and visit every day, it should be TexasISD.com. The Crossroads of Education and Legislation. You're listening to Largent Unfiltered with Dr. Jim Largent. Welcome everyone back to the podcast this week and uh, this week we're going to take a break from talking to some of my superintendent colleagues and we're going to try to go behind the scenes in Austin. I'm talking to uh, Representative Jim Keffer, former state representative from House District 60, which really composes the eight counties, I guess, due west of Fort Worth between Fort Worth and Abilene. Uh, During his 20 years in office, Representative Keffer Served in a variety of roles and chairmanships and was named one of the top 10 legislators in the state in 2011. So, Representative Keffer, thanks for coming on our podcast today. Sure, great. Great to be with you, Jim. And I guess first, if you don't mind, give us a little bit of background on your career and and I guess what made you decide to run for the House those years ago and, and kind of tell us what you're up to nowadays. Well. It's, uh, you know, opportunity. I had been uh, very uh, uh, active in uh, uh, re- the county Republican Party. And right. Of course, back in uh, early 90s, uh, it was like, uh, you know, who wanted to do it next? Because uh, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of Republicans. But, uh, uh, you know, the tide was changing and we, we were active. And from that, I uh, got the opportunity to... Uh, run for the, the legislature, and there never been a Republican out of uh, that district at that time. Matter of fact, it's one of uh, part of Rick Perry's old uh, representative district when he was in the House. Right. And uh, so it was, uh, you know, it was a rough and tumble kind of thing, but I, I won the election, became the first Republican out of there. And as you said, I got to uh, the honor to serve 10 terms uh in in that part of the world the rural district and uh, uh had 28 school districts and um um a myriad of uh different county uh situations and so very diverse right uh, hood county to, to 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 coleman and uh you know the the, the needs and the concerns but we were able to to keep uh, the boat balanced and uh and uh, just had a you know, I had a tremendous opportunity and great honor right. to, to be there that long. So now I'm down in the uh, uh, capital. Uh, I still have my uh, my real world job. My family uh, we own iron foundries, right? Two here in Texas and one in Georgia. And uh, I uh, uh, run the sales uh, division uh, of the of the foundry. It, I, I go back and forth uh, between Austin and East and still have responsibilities there, but also I'm doing a uh, helping um, Letitia Vandepute and Hope Andretti uh, formed a, a consulting firm, and they asked me to to join in, and so I do uh, some some consulting down here, uh, 
obviously some people call it lobbying. Yes, right. I do that, but uh, <laughs> but uh, it's it's fun. Nothing earth shattering, but it's fun. Yeah, and uh, so I get to be around. Still, I keep my toe in the water and be around people I enjoy and the system I respect, and, and hopefully can help things along as best I can. Right. Well, there you go. Well, the the focus of our podcast this spring has obviously been the legislative session and how it relates to particularly public education. And, you know, from an outsider looking in, the, the big three, I guess you call them, the governor, lieutenant governor, speaker, all came out in January, and it was like a kumbaya moment. Everyone was holding hands and getting along, yeah. and we're going to get these sure. things done. And you know, over the last few weeks, when the details have started coming out, you're seeing a little bit of the the split, I guess, between especially the Senate and the House. And and I guess before we get into real specifics, what what do you see as as just a change in tone, or do you see a change in tone, or was it just all for for the cameras? Oh, well. You know, a new speaker, you know, Dennis Bonin, who, by the way, is a classmate of mine. We came in together. Really? And, uh, yes, uh, you know, I, I think he's done a very good job as a new speaker. He's got a lot of new uh, chairman of committees, you know. Uh, and, I, and I think there was a, uh, there was and there still is a very uh, optimistic uh, uh, tone here in the House uh, that, you know, new uh, beginnings uh, for a lot of people. And uh, so I, I think that part of it was not for the cameras. I think that is genuine. Right. Uh, now, there is always friction between the House and the Senate. I mean, that goes back forever, as long as there's been a House and the Senate. Yeah. And uh, so you can expect, uh, to some degree, uh, and sometimes that's manufactured just to keep uh, the rivalry going. You know, I mean, it, 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 there's... Uh, it's like uh, playing your uh, in football, your arch enemy, you know, the, the, the high school that you always have uh, <laughs> right. uh, closest with. You respect them, but then they are your enemy on the field. So, you know, you, you, it's one of those kind of deals. Yeah. But, uh, but there are some differences now that have come out in the way they are looking at sc- uh, school finance and property tax reform. Uh, uh, there are some differences. Uh, there are some differences that as we are speaking today, you know, there's going to, somebody's going to have to blink. Right. And, uh, so, uh, but I will say this time of session, uh, there is always a concern that everything that there a concern if, if everything is going to come together. Yeah. And uh, because sometimes it looks pretty bleak, but I will tell you that, uh, nine times out of 10, it does, and because yeah. uh, nobody likes, nobody wants a special session. Every, a special session makes anybody look bad. Right. Uh, they want to get their job done in 140 days, uh, so as prescribed. So you know, I mean, it's it's uh, it's uh, and it's and it's stressful. There's no doubt about it. And uh, members are are concerned about that. Those issues, plus their own bills that they have in calendars, trying to get on the floor, trying to get passed. I mean, there, there is a lot of stress and strain this time of year, too, because you've got a lot of uh, time is running out. Yeah. And there's still a lot of things to do. So, uh, and what are the priorities and uh, that kind of thing. So, yeah. uh, it's, it's, 
it's stressful. So let me ask you this. They've made a lot of promises, you know, to, to education. They're going to give everybody a raise, and they're going to shore up the retirement system, and they're going to do all this that makes school people happy. That's what they say. And then they're also going to lower everybody's taxes, which makes everybody happy. And the truth is, you and I both know it's impossible to to do all of that. It's impossible to give everybody more money and then lower taxes to where the state takes in less money. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. so so when they get into these loggerheads, because, uh, you know, us in the education community, we see the House pass what we thought was a really good bill with House Bill 3. It was a comprehensive reform of the system. It made some major changes. Not all were good for us, but we understood that the majority of things in there were good. And then the Senate puts out their bill. It's full of blanks, and, you know, it's basically just a teacher raise. And so I guess I'm trying to figure out what do we not see from outsiders? I mean, what's really going on between the House and the Senate now behind the scenes, and who's swinging the bigger hammer? I mean, at some point, somebody's got to give. So who has the biggest hammer in that situation, or is there one? Well, well, I I will – being a former House member, I always am, am, am partial to the House effort, and I and I think Dan Huberty and his committee and all those that worked on House Bill Three have done a marvelous job. Yeah. I think that there are a lot of reforms that they have tackled that have needed to be done for many sessions that they finally girded up their loins and and did it, uh, you know, they, they, uh, uh, you know, I, I really feel that that is the key, uh, version that people are really looking at and looking for. Right. Now there is, there is a pay raise in there, not as substantial as the Senate, uh, the Senate, they're, pay raise version. And I know I'm talking to a lot of teachers and please forgive me. I mean, I'm not, Casting aspersions here, but the the Senate, uh, the the nine billion dollars that both have really said is in play, uh, that is taken up that pay raise to the extent that Dan Patrick wants takes up a vast majority of that nine billion dollars. Sure, and uh, so there's not a whole, uh, there's not a lot left to uh, to do any of the other reforms that uh, that uh, Chairman Huberty has uh, has uh, offered. So that is a conundrum. That is a problem there of how they're going to come together because that's a pretty wide gap of thinking. So when you have uh, that gap, is it mainly the leaders working on trying to close the gap or are the members all involved or how is that going on behind well, the scenes that I, we're not I'll seeing? I'll say this, uh, being in, in those type of situations before the leadership the big three are the ones that are really you know going to be making those final decisions now obviously they will be taking uh counsel from their leadership to do it right but it it falls into their lap to finally put the ends together and try to make this try to make these things work now i will say in House Bill 3, uh, on the out years, the funding of school reform, they have proposed a one-penny uh, sales tax increase that everybody is 
heard about, talked right. about a little bit. Right. Uh, I don't know. To do that, you've got to get two-thirds of the Senate. You've got to get 100 votes from the House. And I don't know, and I'm just talking out loud here um, with my own opinion, I don't know there's been enough time and effort put into the education of why if that is, if, if increasing the sales tax a penny is the best route to go. And I don't know if there's been enough education in the districts to allow people to, uh, understand the need and understand where it's going. And if, uh, and I'm afraid people will just look at it as a tax increase and, uh, there'll be a lot of pushback. Yeah. I don't know. And, you know, they just kind of rolled that out a couple of weeks ago, just out of the blue, really. And yeah. and yeah. Uh, immediately, yeah. I'm not an economist, but immediately economists came out and said, well, it's just a regressive tax. The poor people will be oh, yeah. paying higher taxes and the yeah. wealthy people won't. So it's not really good yeah. for most Texans. But uh, so that one kind of came out of nowhere. But the one that's been out there the whole time is this uh cap on local entities schools county cities and raising their tax rate and and uh what are you hearing on that at this point i know there's been a lot of pushback yeah it passed uh, out of the house uh last uh wednesday right uh chairman burroughs dustin burroughs uh, raising beach chair uh passed that out uh, uh pretty um well a uh, good vote uh, out of the House. Now, there are some differences between the House and the Senate, but primarily uh, the uh, the uh, cities and counties are ca- capped at three and a half. The schools are capped at two, which really doesn't matter. The, the state has to make up that difference. Right. Uh, so, you know, school districts, even though it's a low cap, are still, you know, I mean, they... they uh, And again, that's another, you cap a school district that low, the state has to fund. Where's that money going to come from? Yeah, so so for our listeners, to explain that a little bit more, so if there's a tax cap on school districts, because of the funding formulas in school finance, any shortfall that the local taxing entities couldn't fund, the state would just have to pick up the difference, correct? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And the cities and counties don't have that that safe. No, they don't. Yeah. So they're 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 going to be capped. Well, I, I'd say they will be, depending on what all happens. But uh, uh, there will be a three and a half uh, uh, percent uh, cap on that. Uh, uh, so you know, I I I hear that's okay. I hear it's going to kill us. I hear you know, depending on the diff, the, the county, I guess, and the city, uh, yeah. how they how they do their business how their finances are and are they uh, fast growth, slow growth. I mean, there's all kinds of variations on the theme. So uh, see how that's going to shake out. Of course, nothing is law yet. So everything yeah. is still in flux. And like you said, it, 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 there's so many different types of communities and counties and cities in the state that I always, it just makes me sick when I see our state send down mandates that affect everybody the same way but yeah. every community is yeah. different and unique and like you said fast growth slow growth those are huge differences in what these taxes would do to those 
those folks and uh right, right you know and from a local person what i've seen happen before and i'm sure it would happen on this whenever cities have to start cutting back on fire and police and sanitation or whatever it is to make their budget then the the, the politicians will blame the locals on it well you know it's their budget so uh, you know that's something that i yeah. always i've yeah. always had to deal with um it's it's always been an issue and i got a sneaking suspicion that it'll always will be an issue yeah so, you're probably uh, no right matter, no matter how things happen this session uh they'll have two years to look and see what happened and then they got to come back next session and see yeah. if it's still relevant or they got to change again exactly it's, it's just those things that never quite get fixed right let me ask you about another uh Issue, and I don't know how close you're following this, but it's been pretty heavily discussed in education circles. This, and I think there's several bills there: Senate Bill by Hall, Senate Bill 29, House Bill 281. I think Fallon was involved in this, but it's basically the prohibiting uh, lobbying activities, and it was particularly pointed at schools. So, the gist of the bill was that if that you couldn't belong to a uh, organization that lobbied the House or Senate. So that would take out our community schools, take association school boards, school administrators, rural mm-hmm. educators, all those groups that have, you know, they may, you know, maybe a percentage, small percentage of that money that we pay to those groups goes to lobbying. Uh, but, but this would essentially cut that out. Have you talked about that or discussed that much? Oh yeah, I mean it's a it's a obviously a, a subject of discussion around uh, the capital. Okay. No doubt about it because there's a lot of people affected uh, in uh, if that change does come about. Um, I know the Republican Party has a plank uh, of that uh, nature. Right. Uh, that uh, is uh, is what some are following. Uh, you know, to me, it's a it's a payback uh, from last session. That uh, there is obviously disagreement over the way things went last session, as far as the caps, as far as um, and, and and they got uh, blamed for what happened last session. So the politics of this place, uh, you know, everybody's going to teach everybody a lesson. Yeah, and uh, uh, get rid of uh, people or mute. Uh, uh, different uh, organizations from having uh, a, a voice. And, yeah. um, you know, the, the, the members that are pushing this say, well, I'm the elected official. I'm the one that ought to be uh, there to to handle what the problems are. Now, and you know, and that's true. He is, he or she sure. is the elected official. But there are times that uh, obviously that, that elected official doesn't know all the intricacies and being able to be that voice uh, of of uh, that association or that group, and if there is a disagreement, does that mean the people that are in disagreement don't have a voice? You know, I mean, are, yeah. are, is it are you just supposed to shut up and sit down? Right. Uh, if you if you don't have a voice, and you know, and I'm sorry that there was some uh, disagreement, some blame that uh, was put on. Uh, groups, but you know, that's democracy. That's yeah. not, you know, I mean, that's the way things go. You win some, you lose some, some are rained out, as they say, but, uh, it's, uh, it's always been the case. Now, we'll see what happens. 
uh, on this uh, in this effort. But uh, it's uh, you know it is obviously uh, very very much discussed. Yeah, and of course the theory in the education circles is that uh, you know in new in November of eighteen. Actually, teachers showed up and voted, and some of these folks, like the Connie Burtons of the world and the Huffines of the Huffines of the world, got beat. And so, yeah. you know, some of the talk is this is just purely a voter suppression bill that you know shut up those those uh, school people and and let's make sure they're well, not active I'll anymore. I'll tell you, uh, and again, no offense to the teachers and educators uh, listening, but uh, it was always the case in my years here is that uh, you know teachers are vocal but they don't vote yep well last time around people voted and exactly. uh so yeah I, I think that's part of the situation they want to suppress keep down that kind of voice or whatever but i i hope whatever happens that people will still vote yeah and we saw a little bit of an uptick last november especially so hopefully we can keep that going um and you know from a practical going back to this build for just a second the practical part of it from a from a leadership or superintendent perspective is what are there eight thousand bills filed in the legislature yeah, every time like yeah. i mean there's no way for me as a sitting superintendent to run my school district and know all the bills that may affect me and so you depend on those organizations to to do the research for us and alert us right. to things so we can talk to right. our representative and senator. So right, uh, right. we just think it's pretty dangerous. And the other thing, since I have a politician on the phone, I'll say that the other thing that drives us crazy is, uh, you know, they're, they're almost trying to, to suppress our voice yet politicians can come out and endorse candidates and write letters and get on TV and tell people how to vote and and but educators don't have that same luxury. I mean, I I don't really understand that. Yeah, yeah, it's but you know, I who knows, uh, you know, it's still a ways to go on this and and yeah, I, I just don't know how it's going to end up. Obviously, yeah. but we'll that is one everybody's watching. <laughs> Well, good. I'm glad it. I didn't know if it was getting a lot of attention down there or not because it's been pretty popular in our circles. Of discussion. And I, I got to think that if uh, and the conversation I've had with some people that if it is passed, uh, it will be challenged in the court. Right. And uh, so we'll see how all that works out. Yeah, and I mean there are already laws on the books about what you can do on on your school time, and you can't send out things while you're at work on school computers and that. So, I mean, there's already laws on the books that should cover this. So, uh, yeah. anyway, we'll see where we go. Hey, the last thing I want to ask you about is just kind of the uh, – you said you were one of the first Republicans uh, elected out in, in this area back when you were first elected. And, and since that time, I know you have seen uh, your party uh, shift over time and – and at least from the outside looking in, it looks like it took a really hard right turn, and we've got some really far right folks in in some of our uh, positions right now. And maybe in November, did we see that shift back a little more to common sense type candidates and thinking, or where do you see the party going in the future at this point? Well, you know that's that's the sixty four dollar question. Yeah. I I, uh, I don't know. I don't agree, obviously, with everything every stance the party takes, but you know, who does? I mean, sure. uh, it's never been 
uh, at least when I was county chair and, and uh, active in the party, it was never, you know, you have a plank, but can you can you really, uh, from your district where you live, can you support 100% of the plank? No, you can't. You never can because, again, you got the diversity of, uh, of opinion and needs and concerns and uh, uh, what you need in rural Texas is not the same in suburban Texas. And so, you know, it was never that you had to be 100% behind the, uh, the plank as a litmus test and on, on whether or not you're a real Republican and yeah. whatever, you know, all exactly. that. Exactly. So oh, yeah. It, it, all that has gotten so blown out of uh, reality, unfortunately. And uh, right. it's, um, I don't, you know, it's a caliber of people that are going to run. You know, if, uh, if uh, people are perceived as crazy or far left or far right or whatever, you know, people want, whoever they vote for, they want them to come down to Austin and get things done, do your 140 days and go home. Yeah. You know, they don't want a bunch of uh, red meat. They don't want a bunch of uh, junk down here that's going to continue to, to split uh, communities or, or whatever they want people to, you know, they want Texas to continue to move forward. They want every Texan to have an opportunity to advance and uh, they want to, uh, uh, in a fast growing state like we have and a positive and a state that we have that, uh, we, uh, everybody has the opportunity to, uh, to, uh, enjoy it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, right the wrongs and go on. But, uh, you know, don't go down here and fight and be an ideologue that, uh, uh, is just going to vote. No, you know, yeah. you, you gotta, you gotta work. You gotta have ideas. You gotta have vision. Exactly. And if you don't have vision, you shouldn't be down here. Right. And, uh, so that's, that's what people want. And the caliber of people that run for office or challenge have got to meet that. And, uh, it's, uh, Texas is, uh, we are a leading example in many, many ways of what other states wish they were. Absolutely. And, uh, we just have to keep that position. And, uh, we don't live in a cocoon. There are consequences to actions. People have to understand that. Yeah. And, uh, so I hope, you know, we continue to elect people, men and women, that uh, want to roll up their sleeves and be part of the solution. Uh, that's the way I was trained. That's the way uh, under Pete Laney, uh, I think one of the great statesmen that uh, uh, we've had down here in, in, in modern times. Uh, he was speaker when I became uh, a member. That's right. what I was taught. Uh, and I was taught to vote my district. And that's what I always tried to do. And yeah. uh, so I hope that uh, that is the prevailing thought that continues. Yeah. Well, we sure, we sure hope it goes that way. And, and, you know, like you say, you got to have good candidates that will get out there and, and reach the people and, and, uh, try to combat some of this nonsense that we have going on now, unfortunately, especially in some of our areas of the state. Um, I guess one final question would be if you were Nostradamus, what do you see? What's your prediction on where we're going to end up this session as far as, as far as public well, schools especially go? Since I'm not. And my uh, crystal ball is about as cloudy <laughs> as uh, everybody else's. I uh, I don't think I better answer that. I I, I hope, and we will work hard that uh, that school finance reform uh, is a reality. Uh, that that property tax reform 
because there's a lot of good appraisal uh, reform that is in-house built too. Yeah, uh, that need to needs to happen. Uh, so I, you know, the 140 uh, excuse me, 150 members that are down here for these 140 days. That's their goal is to bring something home that they can tell their constituents that we've actually done something uh, monumental. And yeah. keep in mind, all this is happening without a court order. Uh, right. Usually things like this don't happen uh, unless there is a gun pointed at the legislature's head. And you've got to do this and uh, you got to make it happen this this time around. There is no court order, so all these guys and gals are doing this sort of on their own, and yeah. uh, that's uh, a hard uh, that's a hard pathway. Right. So I take my hat off to them, and I do wear a hat. So I take my hat <laughs> off to them uh, for attempting to do this with, without the old ways of uh, thinking. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, uh, they're I, 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 I they're doing yeoman's work i just hope it can all come together well we sure hope they can come together with some meaningful legislation that will uh change the way schools are financed and take care of our teachers and and do all the good things that they that they promised coming out of the gate in january so so we that's will right. see that's well, right well representative keffer that's their goal too yeah i know it is i know it is it's like, like i said i just hoping that the the two bodies can come together and somebody can take that take that ball and run with it and, and get something done this time for sure. Right, right. Well, hey, Rep, uh, we appreciate you being with us today, and thanks for all the work that you did in the past. I know it was very good working with you when you were my state rep, and I wish we had more like you. I can assure you of that. So thanks yeah. for being with me today. Well, I appreciate it, Jim, and uh, let's do it again. Absolutely. And, uh, Everybody pray for wisdom down here. Absolutely. We need lots of that. Thanks again. This is Game Day Media.